In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Job 38, verse 11. And God said, Thus far shall you come, and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. God finally speaks. For over 30 chapters in the book of Job, only men spoke. And they had a lot to talk about. Job, as we know, lost his home. He lost his wife. He lost his children. He lost his servants, his sheep, all of his animals. He even lost his own health. His skin was covered with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. He was in so much pain that he was taking pieces of broken pottery and scraping his skin while he sat in the ashes of the fire that had consumed his servants. So when Job's three friends, who make an appearance in the book, when they first saw him, they don't even recognize him. And all they could do was weep and tear their clothes, their robes in anguish, and they sat with him on the ground for seven days and seven nights, and were told that no one spoke a word for they saw his suffering was very great. But then Job speaks. After seven days of silence, he curses the day of his birth. He lashes out in confusion and in anguish and in pain and frustration. He says, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said a man is conceived, let that day be utter darkness. And on and on, Job speaks, and his friends speak. Man does all the speaking for 35 chapters, asking questions, trying to answer questions, questions like why, why the suffering, why evil, why pain and misery, why do bad things happen? And here in chapter 38, God finally speaks. It's the longest discourse of God in the entire scriptures. But to whom does the Lord speak? To Job or to the waters? When God says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb and said, thus far shall you come and no farther and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Does God say that to Job? Or does he say it to the water? Because God, he speaks to the waters upon the earth. They're full of pride. Left unchecked, the waters would roar and foam all over creation and drown every living thing as they have done before. And so the Lord, he has forced the waters to certain limits. No, thus far shall you come, he speaks to the water. And no farther, it's here that your proud waves will be stayed. But God also speaks to Job, a man, a prideful man, who, like water, goes his own way. Man who believes himself to be his own Lord sees himself as limitless, without boundaries. No one can tell him what to do. No one can tell her to change her ways. She need not repent. He need not humble himself before anyone. And thus pride 
It bursts forth from the human heart and swallows us all up. But then God speaks. To the water? Oh yes, certainly so. God said, Thus far shall you come and no farther. Here shall your proud waves be stayed. But also to Job? Yes, to all mankind. For by speaking, God puts Job right back into the place where Job belongs. God places him in a proper, rightly ordered place. You are not God, Job. I am God. You are but a man. You may ask these questions, but you will get questioned by me now. Because you are a man and I am God. You see, God is establishing the boundaries. This is who he is. He is the one who laid the foundations of the earth, the one who determined its measurements, who laid its cornerstone, who shuts up the sea and prescribed its limits, who said to the waters, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. And so it doesn't surprise any of us here that the image of Matthew in his gospel that he's placing before our eyes in our gospel reading today is that of Jesus walking on top of the water. The God who established the foundations of the earth and the deep, who reigns over all creation and the waters, who can form and bend and manipulate and use water for any purpose that he desires, the waters, they submit to him. They are kind to him. They do his bidding. But the disciples in the boat experienced the waters in a very different way. They were beaten by the waves, tortured and tried and afflicted, and they fight the waters for hours that night, and they're afraid of them that they will drown by them. But here they see Jesus walking on the sea. Its limits set around him, its boundaries held in place under his feet, tranquil and in humble submission under the feet of the Lord, no wave would dare strike him. The waters stood still. Be still and know that I am God. The waters teach us what that must look like. The disciples see him and they immediately begin speaking. They're terrified. They try to reason it all out. It's a ghost, they think. They cry, but then God speaks. He says to them, take heart. I am who I am. Do not lose courage. And so Jesus establishes the proper boundaries. He places his disciples back in a right relationship again, that this is the one who is with you in the storm. You're not battling any of what you see alone. I am who I am. I am here. Take heart. It is I. Do not lose courage. Do not be afraid. The water is under my feet. The disciples, though they are in a storm rocked by the winds and waves, they are calmed by his presence. He reigns over them, and they are humbled, put in a proper place, a rightly ordered life, once again, where they are calm, no longer stirred by the waves or the crashing of the boat, and they worship at its glorious feet, just as the waters do, just as all creation does. All things shall be under his feet. 
until Peter decides to step out of the boat. He wants to walk to Jesus on top of the water too, just like him. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. You see, Peter's the one who takes this initiative. Jesus does not ask Peter to do this. Peter wants to show how faithful he can be. He's the one who's taking the first step here. Pride will do that to a man. And we will see how it goes for old Peter. Peter got out of the boat. He walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Peter does not show us what strong faith looks like here. He does not show us how strong a faith he has. Quite the contrary, Peter is showing us what misplaced faith looks like. He trusts in himself. He's the one who takes the initiative. He's the one who makes his own choice, and in so doing, he ultimately fails. He sinks. He drowns. See, Jesus, he didn't call him out into the water. Peter called himself out, and Jesus allowed it to show the other 11 in the boat, to show Peter, to show the rest of us a very needed lesson that when it comes to human pride, going your own way, even when you think you are doing it to be faithful, it will result in drowning. How do we know that to be true? Because Jesus reaches out and he grabs Peter by the hand, he saves him, and he puts him back in the boat. That's where his disciples are meant to be. That's where Jesus was coming to be with them, in the boat. Not on top of the waters, not over there or under here or wherever you want to go, but where he goes. And so he puts Peter's humbled bones right back into the boat where he belonged. Here shall your proud waves be stayed, Peter. See, in your holy baptism, Jesus placed you in the boat of his holy church. Here is where you must stay, where Jesus is. With this word proclaimed, placing us all in a right and proper place, in humble submission to him. He speaks and he gives to us his blessed sacraments in the boat, in his church, in this place. Do not be like Peter, thinking your faith so great that you can do it all alone and so leave the boat leaving the very place where Jesus is with his true word of law and gospel and sacraments. To go alone is dangerous. It results in drowning, one way or another. The waters of prideful motivation will not hold your faith up forever. Rather, we are all here in this place 
gathered in the waters of holy baptism, washed with his holy word, we gather here every Sunday to be humbled. Just as the sea is humbled and formed and molded by the power of God, so the pride of man and our reckless freedom and selfishness, it must be drowned daily and die and rise again to new life and hear his word that here is where you must be stayed and know further. Be still and know that I am God. And once again, have Jesus put us all back in the boat where we belong, where true peace is found in the repentance of our sins and in the forgiveness that flows from this altar and the body and blood of our Lord and in this font and the washing with the word and in this pulpit and in the mouth of his called and ordained pastors who announce forgiveness of our sins and the holy ark of this Christian church with our Lord Jesus as our head, we will never be swallowed up. Even when the earth gives way, even when the mountains are moved into the very heart of the sea, we shall not be moved. Not because we stepped out in great faith, but because we were stayed, humbled, and placed in the boat by our Lord, by nothing else than the mighty hand of God that reached out to every single one of us and saved us and our cries for mercy and put us in his boat, all by his unending grace. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.